0: With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
1: Hello, 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 and welcome. This is Talk the Plank, episode 74 of Pittsburgh Pirates podcast on SB Nation's Box Dugout. I'm Nathan Hirsch, and I'm with Jake Slobodnik. Jake, what's going on, buddy?
0: Nothing much, man. Just, uh... Living every day, you know, working the usual, nothing too exciting happening right now. What's up with you?
1: Not much, just getting through the dog days of summer, as are the Pirates, and we're recording this on Tuesday, July 12th, Uh, a rare mid-series podcast for us. Last night, the Pirates started a four-game series in Miami against the Marlins, and Mitch Keller shoved. He uh, went seven strong, only gave up one, and the Pirates got off to a pretty good start in that series. But before we kind of talk about that series a little more in depth, I just kind of wanted to talk a little bit about some of the recent roster moves. Unfortunately, Brian Reynolds was put on the 10-day injured list with a right oblique strain. Hopefully it's not too serious and he can rest through the all-star break and kind of be ready for the uh, beginning of the second half. We'll see. Kevin Newman's back. Um, had a pretty nice game against the Marlins yesterday, as is Jake Marisnik, who also had a pretty nice game. Cam View, designated for assignment. The Pirates really did him dirty there. You know, as we all know, left him out to drive 56 pitches and in one inning, only to DFA him a few weeks later. Austin Bryce sent down to Indianapolis, the right-handed reliever. Um, Aaron Fletcher designated for assignment. Um, our guy, Bly Madris optioned. Don't love seeing that. Bryce Wilson was also optioned. Ronzi Contreras, Ronzi Contreras, optioned to uh, give him a little bit of rest. So I don't know what you want to dive in first here, but what, what do you think about these recent roster moves for the pirates over the past week or so
0: well i feel like we should start with cam view um you say he the pirates did him dirty and i wholeheartedly agree um but i mean to say that this was unexpected you'd be lying to yourself if you said that i mean the pirates kind of set him up for failure i don't know if it was because he was doing so well so they said we can't have this he's not one of our (laughs) long-term guys um (laughs) So you know that fifty six out or fifty six pitch outing that made him just look awful. Um, he was optioned. I was like, okay, this is the calm before the storm. They want to sort of, I guess, deliver it a little easier. Um, and then yesterday, DFA'd for Jake Marisnik, which uh, I'm not particularly a huge fan of, and neither was Pirates Twitter. Rightfully so, because you know Cam View is one of those guys. He doesn't have a ton of blinding velocity behind his pitches. But he's a serviceable guy. I mean, he can he can get you an inning or two if needed on a good day. Um, obviously, you throw him out there in a throwaway situation, and you leave him out to dry. Obviously, things are going to get a little out of hand. But I thought, for what it's worth, despite him not having great velocity, I thought he had great command on his pitches. He got guys out. Aside from one bad inning, I had no qualms with him. Um, and I, I mean, it's just it's such a shame that we keep doing this to. I mean I can't say young guys really cuz View is 28 but for our prospects that are trying to get a chance in the MLB it's really sad it happened with Cam Aldred happened with Cam View uh Bo Salser, DFA'd and claimed which he's actually not doing too bad in the Orioles organization um and I hate to say it but it's only a matter of time before Bly Madris gets DFA'd I that's just, I I don't listen I say that because it's uh. inevitable the Pirates like to do this to the guys who aren't Fitting their long-term plans and so they have to find something to get rid of them for and you know they will and if they don't that's probably going to be the biggest shock to me is that they actually want to keep fly around i love Bly. i've said it in multiple shows i think he's a solid guy solid hitter solid fielder that is but he's i don't think he's part of ben Sherrington's long-term goals so, so they're going to find one little thing wrong he will have a cold streak in AAA, and one of these guys comes off the injured list um, if Greg Allen is so the guy, then, you know, they're going to DFA blind address and it'll make everybody sad. Um, in better news, Kevin Newman and Jake Marisnik, not bad uh, stints as soon as they came off the injured list. Um, Jake Marisnyk, he's on the fence with me. I like him. I think he was a good signing for the time. But I think since all these younger guys have sort of proven their worth, I don't see why there's still room for him on the team. And I think you even touched on this, and I think the last episode that we recorded, about, you know, there's not really any room for him. Um, but, oh, I mean, he had a nice game against Miami last night. Obviously, a big home run in the ninth to pad the lead and give Yuri DeLos Santos a little bit of breathing room, which you like to see. Um, but I feel like there is a lot of... I, I don't want to say unprecedented, but I feel like there's a lot of hatred towards um, Kevin Newman for ultimately no reason. Um, I don't know if you feel the same way, but I just feel like pirates fans are now in this, in their own mindset, I guess bred to hate Kevin Newman. And he's not the greatest player in the world. I get that. And obviously he was blocking a spot from O'Neill Cruz at the beginning of the season. But, I mean, the fact that Cruz is up, Newman's back, and he's actually producing. Had a good game against Milwaukee a few days ago and did well last night against the Fish. I just think there's a lot of, un, there's a lot of unnecessary hatred thrown toward his way. Um, but I'm glad that he's back. I'm glad that he can provide us a solid middle infield position. And a word to those who hate the Kevin, that Kevin Newman is back. I know damn well you don't want Josh Van Meter out there. So... I see Kevin Newman's return as a good thing for the team. I mean, he he, he gets along well with the guys. He yeah. has had a few good games right now. Now, I'm sure if a week goes by, we'll be saying that he's terrible, get him off this team. But right now, he's all right, and he provides a service for the team. So I think his return probably tops them all. It's sad about Brian Reynolds, but now this kind of lowers his trade value. Score for us, even though he was never really <laughs> open for business. Um as reports surfaced, that he was never going to be tra- – or that Pirates turned down offers for him. But sad. he'll get a little bit of a break, um, and we'll see some of the other guys get some time. So yeah, we'll see. Overall, like that, Kevin Newman's back. It's sad that Reynolds is gone for a little bit, and it's sad about the younger guys because they're not getting the fair shake at all.
1: Yeah, and um, I want to kind of touch on Rowanzi Contreras too. I do like that he's getting kind of a midseason rest here. Um, you know, he he probably has maybe forty to fifty more innings left in the tank this season, I would guess. But he exceeded last season's innings um, already this year. But I just think it's kind of classic slimy pirates business to send him down just to you know save a few bucks on the super two um he won't be super too eligible if he stays down for a few more weeks here so that's the main reason he's being sent down they could have easily just kept him you know maybe they put him on the IL maybe maybe they just keep him on the roster and use him as a reliever every now and then but to send him down it's obviously a money saving um you know tactic there which it 's just it 's just annoying i can 't get too mad, I guess, just because that 's how a lot of teams operate, but it 's just classic, so I hope to see him kind of by the end of the month here. I would assume uh, when when the super two clock runs out and he has uh, he can 't accrue enough service time in the major leagues to be super two eligible. He'll become he'll come right back up. Definitely not a developmental thing. It's a it's a rest thing, but it's also a service time manipulation thing. But whatever. It's fine. Uh looking at the roster now though, um I agree. I think I think Kevin Newman coming back. I can't believe I'm saying this because I, I do remember last year we we absolutely destroyed Kevin Newman. And rightfully so. Last season he hit two twenty six, 265 on base, 309 slugging. Last season, Kevin Newman had a full season's worth of plate appearances, 554, played in 180, or sorry, 148 games, and his WRC Plus was 54, which is (laughs) barely above half of being half of a good hitter. He was absolutely terrible last season, offensively. This season, 70 plate appearances so far. The average is kind of where you would expect it to be for someone like Kevin Newman. He does get the bat on the ball. He's up to 288 right now on bases and too high 329, and he'll never slug 394 slugging right now. Uh, Nice game in his first game back. So you like to see that. I think at this point, Kevin Newman needs to be the everyday second baseman, Um, have Cruz at short, have. Hayes at third, obviously. Kevin Newman, you can slot him at second base, and you might be taking away at-bats from, obviously, Josh Manmeter. Thank God. I don't need to see him hit anymore. But someone like Diego Castillo, with the uh, injury to Brian Reynolds, I think Castillo will get some more opportunities in the outfield, particularly right field, because you look at the Pirates' outfield right now, it's only Marisnik, Ben Gamble, and Jack Sawinski. So I think... I could see a little Jack Sawinski, um, Diego Castillo platoon brewing there, the two rookies, which they've both combined. You look at that, if that's a platoon, that's a pretty damn good platoon considering they've both combined for, what, 23, 24 home runs. Castillo has 10, Sawinski I believe has 13 or 14, so that's a solid little power uh, injection into the lineup, and you know Sawinski can play some center field if need be to spell Marisnik, as can Gamel. So I think I think everyone's getting enough playing time. I don't need to see any playing time from Yochi Satsugo. Honestly, you, you mentioned Madris as someone that could get DFA'd at some point. I don't see that happening because you know he does have options to get sent down to the minor leagues, but. I'm just honestly counting down the days until we can just DFA Yoshi Satsugo and bring up Bly Madris because, I mean, Bly Madris wasn't lighting the world on fire by any means when he was up here, but he hit the ball hard and he showed signs of promise, at least in my opinion. Yoshi Satsugo, I mean, he's just just flat out terrible. And I, I don't, it, it's just like the classic Sherrington way of. Hanging on way too long, as long as humanly possible, onto these guys that are just clearly so, so, so bad. We saw it with Yu Chang. We saw it with Cole Tucker. He just refuses to let go on some of these guys. And I think Yoshi is the next guy. So I, I, I hope to see him gone here pretty soon um, for someone like Bly Madras. So we'll see. Um, I've been pretty impressed with Jason DeLay, to be honest. Uh, I'd like to see him stay around and maybe DFA someone like Michael Perez when Heineman gets back. Um, we'll see. But I've, I've been impressed with him de- defensively, offensively. I mean, none of these catchers are going to light up the world, but he's done enough, I think, offensively. But as far as the roster looks right now, I, it is funny to say, but I, I do think Kevin Newman kind of, It's kind of a shot in the arm that was needed, so I agree with you on that front. Going off on um, Yoshi, yeah, dude dude
0: is just terrible. I was holding out some shred of promise whenever he got back, but the dude is just awful, just terrible. 36 strikeouts this season in 40 games, and I think half of them came within within the last few games. The dude provides no good or no good service at all to this team. And, you know, they may be trying to work out some people at first base like Madris or Gamel. I would much rather have them playing there instead of Yoshi. Plus, Yoshi is just a walking error at this point. Like, his defense, it's one thing to be bad it on is. offense and provide something good on defense. But if you're bad at both, then there is no reason you should be on an MLB team. And... You know I you know me, I was a big advocate for Yoshi when we first got him and after, you know after a few months of him playing for us. But now it's like he's he's hogging up a roster spot like you said, the Charrington way, holding on for somebody way too long, just so maybe just maybe that half percent chance of them actually doing something comes to fruition. But that's not going to happen with Yoshi. They need to get rid of him, and they need to get rid of Van Meter because you 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 said you're like, "I'm so tired of seeing him hit." Well, there's a little bit of a factual incorrectness there. In order to be sick of somebody hitting, he's got to actually hit. I'm just tired of seeing him at the plates, let alone in a Pirates uniform. But, I mean, those are two guys right there. And you know more 40-man moves are going to be on the way, and I don't think they're going to be getting rid of Hoy Park. I don't think they're going to be getting rid of Rodolfo Castro, even though for some reason there's this barrier when he gets to the MLB that he just sucks. But... Those are two guys that I would not yeah. be sad at all if they got rid of because I like Madras, clearly. I like the outfield depth that we're going on right now. It's unfortunate with Jack Sawinski, though, because I think he's like hitless in his last 24 plate appearances, if I'm
1: not mistaken. Yeah, I'm not too worried with him. He's definitely hit a little bit of a snag here, but the Pirates haven't been home in a while, so that's, that probably explains it a little bit. Uh, he just doesn't hit on the road for whatever reason, and he is elite at home. But uh yeah, I think I think for me, what what I would like to see is give me Blind Madris instead of Yoshi and give me Tukapita Marcano instead of Van Meter. I'll be happy then. I'm 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 still holding ho- yep. hope for Castro. Uh I know he's struggled any time he's gone to the big leagues, but he definitely has power and he's still pretty young. So I'm I'm gonna hold out hope for him and let him kind of see what he could do at triple a and maybe he's a september call-up but yeah those are the two moves right now that, that i would just do immediately
0: and going on the catcher situation you're right none of these guys are going to really light up the scoreboard or make you you know turn your heads for anything but i am a very much very much a fan of jason delay right now i mean He's the only catcher right now in the MLB squad that's hitting above 200. And I know batting average is such a moot point nowadays, but for the Pirates, you got to take anything you can get. Michael Perez, aside from that three hit game, is terrible. And Heinemann, I mean, at least can play somewhat good on defense. I mean, Jason DeLay in his first game had a dart right to second base and got his first major league hit, I think, that same day. De- well, not his debut, but I think the second game played is in St. Louis. Um, oh, no, sorry, Cincinnati. Um, and Heinemann can throw runners out, plus he's a switch hitter, can bat from the left side whenever there's a righty on the mound. There is no need for Michael Perez anymore. And just watching him defensively, he's terrible. I'd rather have Heinemann and Delay because then they're at least, A, diving into the farm system with Jason Delay a little bit, and they're giving Tyler Heinemann a shot. And in my opinion, Heinemann has earned it a lot more than Michael Perez has. Michael Perez had last season, and he had this season, and he still can't figure it out. I I'm with you. I would not be upset at all if they got rid of him. What I am surprised about though is uh the acquisition of Johan Ramirez from Cleveland the other day. Why did they get him?
1: Uh, I don't know. Just add him to the list of you know, throw throw a dart at the board and see if you hit a good spot. I don't know. It just seems like We'll see. <laughs> I, I Do you have anything on him? I, I honestly didn't even see that, that that move was made.
0: Um, Yeah, they made it on July 8th. We got him for cash considerations. Good old cash considerations. Yeah. Should be our number one prospect at this point. <laughs> um, but, I mean, he spent 2020 and 2021 with Seattle. Um, ERA-wise, not terrible. Uh, opponents were hitting under 200 in 2021 and 2020. Um, Had a rough go of it with Cleveland. Well, let me look. Cleveland, he got shaken up a bit, pitched two innings, gave up three hits. I mean, it's a small sample size for this year. He did give up seven earned runs in eight and a third innings, though, with Seattle to start the year. Um, so, yeah, dumpster diving might have a little bit of a higher ceiling than some people, but uh, I'm not overall impressed. I think it was dfa by Seattle on May 13th, and then that's whenever they traded him to Cleveland. Cleveland then optioned him in June and then just designated him for assignment. So nothing special coming out of here. It's another one of those, you know, like you said, throw something at the wall, see if it sticks, and if it does, great. And, I mean, we didn't give up much for it, but I, I just... I don't know. I found that really, really odd because with all the pitching that we have in the system and people on our 40 man right now, like there was no need for it, but Hey Ben, you do your thing.
1: Yeah. And then they also signed right-handed pitcher Jackson grounds to a minor league free agent. Um, And that's really all I have to say about that.
0: I didn't even know that move was made. Yeah. I'm looking at the transactions
1: page right now. I will say though, Don't look now, but looking at the Pirates, uh, Fangraphs, you know, list in terms of WAR, pitching wise, Jose Quintana leads the way, one point seven. JT Brubaker is second, one point two, and tied for third. I never never gave up hope, never once. Mitch Keller, one point (laughs) zero. the ERA is down to four eighty eight which you know isn't isn't like the best ever but the fips three ninety nine the x fips four ten he's not really striking out that many batters, but the sinker is working, and I was actually listening to the post game uh yesterday, and I forget who was on radio, but they mentioned sorry to them, but they mentioned that since May 18th, when he spent a small, small stint in the bullpen. Um, Since then, 50 innings pitched, which sample size, that's about a quarter of a season. His ERA is at 3.04. So Mitch Keller, seven innings, one run yesterday. Uh, The start before that, he had four solid innings against the Yankees. Then it kind of fell apart a little bit. He gave up a few home runs. But overall, Mitch Keller is kind of, uh, he's kind of butting here. And maybe he's not an ace, but perhaps, perhaps when the Pirates win next, Mitch Keller could be a solid middle of the rotation, perhaps back end of the rotation guy. I don't know. I've been impressed with Mitch Keller. The sinker's working. And I mean, shout out to two thousand and thirteen. Maybe he's maybe he's our version of Charlie Morton and he actually figures it out with the team and doesn't go somewhere else and figures it out. Because I guarantee you, if he goes somewhere else, he will figure it out.
0: Oh yeah. He he would be on top of those charts that were all at well on, on the first I guess, inkling of success, you would see Pirates Twitter going in a rage because we gave away somebody who's now excelling, or ha ha, stereotypical Pirates, former pitcher finds it with another team. And yeah, maybe he is channeling his inner race seerage in him, you know, with that addition to the sinker. But I mean, it's working. And one thing I noticed about his uh, game last night, I was following along. Yeah. Mitch Keller went, I think, three to f- three and maybe four innings without uh, recording a strikeout. He let his defense do the work. And maybe that's what Keller sort of figured out is. You know, maybe instead of trying to take all the weight on my shoulders, I have a solid seven-man crew behind me, one behind the plate obviously. And you know, they can do their job. If all I have to do is put the ball in play and not allow the barrels to touch it and you know, the rest of the guys will do the work for me. So, I think it's it's definitely something more with him adding the sinker. I think he he also took a few notches off his velo yesterday, um according to pirates.com. So maybe it is like, he's just now finding that perfect balance between movements and velocity on his pitches. And I guess he's also starting to learn control a little bit better as well. I can't, I don't know if it's more of an, off-
1: what was that? No walks yesterday. I said no walks. That's
0: yesterday. Right. I don't even know. I can't believe I forgot that part, but I mean, yeah, it's – and, I mean, you know me. I was the biggest Keller cynic, and I'll admit that to the day I died. And I was calling for Keller to get – for us to get rid of him last year. But now I'm really intrigued to see where – like how far he can take this because, I mean, with how well he's been performing lately, like you said, he could be that very valuable middle of the rotation guy a la Ground Chuck back in 2013 that can provide a decent service in the middle of the rotation and help us out there too. Um I just don't know if it's an Oscar Marine thing or if Keller is doing this on his own time, but overall, no matter how he's, how he's doing it, it's really exciting. And it's, if you got to feel good to see a guy like Mitch Keller, who's had such a rough go of things with the pirates finally start to figure it out.
1: Yeah. And the big thing for him too, that I love seeing here is the ground ball rate 51%. So it just, it just goes to show that, uh, He's getting the ground balls, and the thing too that is kind of encouraging to see is that he's still been pretty unlucky uh You look at his bap against it's still up there at three thirty five which that's not astronomical, but it's still higher than guys like Brubaker at three sixteen and Quintana at three twelve so he's 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 not quite in chris Stratton range, who has been pretty unlucky, although pretty bad he is cooked according to me but uh Keller has been solid, and honestly, it's the the top three isn't it's not elite by any standards. But I'm I'm starting to really like this Quintana, Brubaker, Keller kind of you know three starting pitchers because Quintana, we'll see how many more starts he actually has with the Pirates. He has been their best starter this season and he probably will get traded for a bag of rocks, but um, he's been really solid and that that's kind of like, it has been a pretty big difference between this year and last year. Last year, they had absolutely no pitching whatsoever and this year it's not good by any means, but I definitely think that it's, it's taken a step forward and speaking of pitching, pirates had their one all-star announced and that's david bednar do you have any thoughts on the all-star david bednar
0: i mean it's i think everybody knew that he was going to be an all-star at some point but to be this early in this in his career that's that's astounding and he gets to represent his hometown team and i mean he talked about it the day he got his IC light from i want to point out (laughs) that was probably the best thing that could have happened while he was being announced as the all-star rep is that um that he was given a case of icy light. <laughs> I mean, you, gotta, you gotta credit Shelton with that. That was pretty oh, yeah. but Yeah, but, that was. Yeah, I I'm liking or I like I don't know where I was going with that, but I'm liking the fact that Bednar is really coming to form and that he's cementing himself as one of the best relievers in baseball. And the best part of it. If any indication is out there, he's not going to go away. So he is the pirates for he's on the pirates for a while. He's going to be with his hometown team, and the fact that he's going to be the lone representative for it, it's got to feel extra special for him. So that he gets an appearance, and you know, will do really well with it. There's not much to say because you know he's probably going to get just one inning max, if that, but. It's pretty special. He's been one of baseball's most reliable relievers. And aside from one bad game, he's been pretty epic. So I like it. I'm going to watch him for sure. And I hope everybody else cheers him on for Pittsburgh too.
1: Yeah, I agree. And um, looking at it too, I I do think he's going to end up being the only all-star for the Pirates. There was a chance there that Reynolds could have been maybe a replacement, but now that he's hurt, I don't think that that's going to be possible. He's not going to be replacing anyone because he's not going to be playing. But um, yeah, pretty solid for the Pirates to have you know Bednar alone as as their all star. Like you said, he has really anchored down that closer role. And between him and Crow, I do really like that that back end of the bullpen. Um, and just crow specifically it's it's been really nice to see him find a role that he's he's excelling in this season as well so it's it's funny when you look at the team it's definitely not a full 26 man you know world beating team but there's spots here and there that are starting to form over the next few years at least you know the pirates have their back end of their bullpen pretty much set here They have a few starters, it looks like, at this point, between Brubaker and Keller that are at least serviceable. Perhaps Rowanzi could emerge as that ace, and you have three pretty solid starting pitchers there. The left side of the infield, solved. You got Cruz. You got uh, Hayes, obviously. The outfield, you got Reynolds in center, and you have... Jack Sawinski out there hitting some home, some home runs. So there's still a ton of holes on this team, and this team is not good by any means. But you can see, you can see here and there some some spots being filled, and obviously um, there's more help on the way. I don't know if you had any thoughts on some of these mid-season prospect rankings lists. I know MLB Pipeline they had uh, they had Cruz in there, although he's going to graduate soon, but other guys, they had Paguero, they had Davis, um, Priester, Quinn Priester, Nick Gonzalez made the MLB pipeline list, but he was not on the baseball America list. But I I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on some of these, some of these prospect lists?
0: I'm a little shocked because I felt like with all the enhancements we've done to our farm system and considering they've ranked us, like second or in the top three or something, the fact that we only have four prospects on there is a little alarming to me. I don't know if it's because you know some of these prospects don't have a high enough ceiling, but I find it really odd and i think if I, if anything, I think pipeline actually kicked one of the players off of their or one of the pirates players off of their uh top one hundred or something. I saw an article yesterday where one of the pirates prospects was kicked off a list, and I think it was pipeline um I can't. I want to say was it Piguero? I'm I'm not too sure. Um I think they're doing an incredible disservice to Mike Burrows. Uh I mean the sure. guy has been, aside from a Rocky start in AAA, I mean he's been lights out coming up through the rankings. He had an extat or he's had an excellent 2021 20, with Greensboro. He did really well with Altoona, keeping his ER under three in twelve starts. Um Indianapolis still trying to find his footing. But I mean the fact that he's probably one of The Pirates best pitching prospects Lately it says a lot And I also think that they did a Disservice for Baba Chandler I mean The guy's been has proven that he can be A two-way player could be just because he's not As high in the in the um, in the Farm system yet I mean he just got, I mean yeah he got out of the FCL and he's just sure. now heading to uh, Bradenton but I mean the guy's been Rocking it he held a zero ERA through I think five starts with FCL Um so I, in a way, I I agree that they put the prospects on there that they did, but I feel like with our deep farm system, there should have been a few more. Um, but obviously, when you're spanning across 32 teams, it's it's gonna it's gonna be a little difficult. Um. So I mean, it's it, it's hard to feel one sided about this. I'm just glad that the Pirates get any representation at all.
1: Yeah, and um you have to think too that like Contreras was on that list. He's he's graduated at this point, I believe. Uh Cruz will soon. So some of these guys are coming up here and you know, they're they're making a splash in the big leagues and they won't be on those lists anyways. And honestly, it's also like these lists are mostly just to look at and talk about. They don't really mean much. I mean, if <laughs> someone like jack Sawinski has performed like someone that could have been on a top 100 prospect list this season in the big leagues and that's all that really matters he wasn't on any anyone's radar at all and he he's been pretty solid same with like diego castillo he's shown some power he hasn't been like awesome by any means but he's been decent enough at the major league level you just need people to come up to the major league level and produce. And uh, Pirates, the Pirates have, I mean, they definitely need more, but I think I think they're in decent shape right now. I, I don't know if they're in, you know, Houston Astros' shape of completely tanking out and being awesome, or maybe like the Cubs in 2015 having all of their prospects up. But I, I think they're in decent shape. Um probably would like to see them in slightly better shape, but I'm not I'm not ready to be extremely disappointed yet. Basically basically this conversation begins and ends with what does this team look like once Henry Davis is up, once Nick Gonzalez and Paguero and Priester and even guys like Andy Rodriguez. Uh, Mike Burroughs, once those guys are up, what does this team look like? Then we could really judge the job that Ben Sherrington did. But until then, also, half of those guys aren't even Sherrington guys, so whatever. But uh, until then, we can't really judge this franchise too, too much, and we, we just still have to wait and see. So I guess, I guess that's what we'll do. Before we get out of here today, I just want to kind of look at the schedule coming up here. Like we mentioned, the Pirates did a solid job. They beat the Marlins on Monday, and don't look now, but let's see—they are one, two, three, four, five, six. One. They're they're eight and five over the last thirteen, and they've won three in a row. So I don't know. I don't. I don't think the Pirates have won four games in a row under Derek Shelton or. Uh, Ben Sherrington. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's the case. So can they do it tonight? Can they beat the Marlins? Chris Stratton's starting. What do you think?
0: I want to say yes, but no. <laughs> Chris Stratton is starting in a bullpen game that could have been avoided. Uh, I have little to no hope for this. Sure, they're going up against a struggling Marlins team that, I mean, they made Mitch Keller look like uh, an ace, but... I, the hope's got to end somewhere and you're right. I don't think they have not won four games in a row under Derek Shelton and Ben Sherrington. Granted, we just got our first three game sweep over the past, uh, how many months or over the past, um, yeah, last yeah. years, pretty much. Um, <laughs> but I don't think it's going to happen. I'm, it's going to be close because the Marlins are just trash this season. Um, but no, they're, my hope stands still that they're just going to not do well tonight. I hope they change. They prove me wrong, and I really hope so, but no, no way is Chris Stratton going to lead us to the promised land.
1: I mean, who knows? Maybe if Stratton goes too scoreless and then you move on to the next guy, but they'll be opposing Daniel Castano, who has a 3-6 ERA. He's only pitched, what, 30 innings this season, 17 strikeouts, 9 walks, 4 home runs allowed. Another lefty. Um, so that that might be tough for the Pirates, although I'm sure Michael Chavis is loving it. I'm sure Diego Castillo is loving it. But that's the matchup tonight. Bullpen game for the Pirates. Castano for the Marlins. Wednesday, we have JT Brubaker against Pablo Lopez. That I do not have much hope for at all because Pablo Lopez is flat-out nasty, 6-4 and on the season. He's pitched 99 innings, um, and he has an ERA of 291. He's been really solid. The whip's at 1.07. That's 20th according to ESPN. I'm not sure if that's among all pitchers or starting pitchers, but nonetheless, he has been solid. Um, that, That might be a tough matchup for the Buccos. And then in the Thursday game, the getaway game, twelve ten, the noon game. Zach Thompson attempting a revenge game, and he will be opposing Braxton Garrett, another lefty. Uh, Garrett has only started seven games this year, thirty five innings in a third, and he he's been okay, four thirty three ERA. The Pirates might have, might have a chance in that one. Um, do you have any thoughts? How many games? How many games will the Pirates win out of these next three?
0: Um, I think they're going to win the uh, go away game on Thursday. Um, Pablo Lopez is just way too overpowered to um, for us to overcome him. I mean, we've proven that we can stand against Giants throughout this entire season, but I don't know. I think he's going to mow us down. And obviously, tonight with it being a bullpen game, and it could be the, the cynicism for tonight's bullpen game could stem. Purely based on what happened a few years ago when we had Montana Durapo, remember him, starting for us as the opener, and maybe the days of Rookie Davis as well. Like it was, I I think I'm just mentally scoffed. Oh my God, PTSD. And I'm seeing non flashbacks while thinking about it. And who knows? Maybe Chris Stratton could actually do pretty well. Because if I'm not mistaken, wasn't Stratton a starter at one point?
1: Yeah, he was. That's how he began his career with the Angels, I believe.
0: OK, so, you know, maybe there's a little bit of hope there, whereas Durapo and those guys were just relievers and they didn't know how to, re- how to react to it. Um, but I, I just see us. It's going to be one of those things where we could have an opportunity, but we're not going to seize it. Um, obviously, against Lopez, like I said, too overpowered bullpen game tonight. If the matchup just does not go in our favor, getaway game, though. I think that's going to be a good redemption day for Zach Thompson to get back at his former team. Obviously, I don't think there's any bad blood there, but you always want to come back to your home turf and sort of, uh, you know, put it to the team that traded you away, especially it would just be so sweet if Thompson come out and just absolutely decimate the Marlins lineup, considering how much Jacob Stallings has regressed, and just it, it would make Miami look so foolish for executing that trade.
1: Yeah, I I kind of wanted to bring that up real quick. I honestly, I feel bad, and I was... Uh... I hopped on the the Fish Stripes pod yesterday. Their stream, the SB Nation Marlins website, fishstripes.com, and we talked about the Stalling straight. I looked yesterday. I can't believe how terrible he's been. The war is minus one point one. Uh, WRC plus is forty three. He's not even good defensively this season. Uh, it's it's been it's been really strange. I get it. I mean, he is. He's not young. He's thirty two. But he has just been terrible, and I, I do remember when uh, he was traded. A lot of Pirates fans were not happy at all. Personally, I I wasn't unhappy. I wasn't happy either. I thought maybe they could get more. But looking at that trade right now, the Pirates kind of got lucky. Although it is funny because, like, looking at the Pirates catching situation, not much better. But uh, Zach Thompson, I think he's a guy in the future that can just be a back end rotation innings eater. Maybe he's a long reliever, so we'll see. And the prospects they got, Connor Scott, the outfielder. Yeah, I looked at it; he's he's not doing too great. I think his OPS is somewhere in the the six hundreds at Double A. And Kyle Nicholas has an ERA in the fours at Double A. But heck getting that for Jacob Stallings, who has probably been the worst catcher in baseball. That is crazy to me. And personally, I do hope that Stallings could, he can pick it up again and, you know, be, be better, but he has just been flat out terrible.
0: Yeah. And I'm with you. I wasn't, I don't, if I recall, I wasn't terribly upset when we traded him. I was more confused than anything. um, Just because of how quickly it took off. But I mean yeah I'm surprised too at how much he regressed. Like I knew that he wasn't such a you know he wasn't a great hitter by any means but I mean this is this is not what I expected. I thought he was just going to continue from last season but I think it just goes to show he finally found footing in Pittsburgh and they shipped him off so now his morale is stooped a little bit. Uh, or he's getting coached by his dad and we know how bad his dad is at coaching. <laughs> Could uh, be. Boy, we're taking shots at his dad. That's not good. Um <laughs> But yeah, it's it's kind of shocking me just to see how much he's regressed. And, I, and like you, I actually hope he he finds some success here soon because I loved Stallings as a guy. He was a he was a really good defensive catcher for us. And like you said, you know he our catching situation isn't any better. But at the same time, none of the guys we have were <laughs> told that they were a good catcher or believed to be a good catcher, whereas Stallings was believed to be a really good one. So I don't know. It's It sucks to see, especially for a guy as wholehearted as Jacob Stallings was. And hopefully he finds some footing here soon.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, And I think back to predictions-wise, I actually I made a prediction yesterday and I thought the Pirates would lose four out of three in this series just because I don't think this team is very good against left-handed pitching and they would struggle against Pablo Lopez. But they won pretty handily yesterday. They looked pretty solid, so... I take it back. I think the Pirates will split the series, they'll win one out of these next 3 and maybe just maybe they could take 3 out of 4 and it is funny because the Marlins guys they 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 have pretty high hopes for for their squad and looking at the Marlins right now they're 41 and 44. They're they're pretty decent. Um their pitching is it's solid. They have really good pitching. I mean, they have Sandy Alcantara, who the, the Pirates won't run into this series, he's probably been the best starting pitcher in baseball this season, at least in the National League. And Pablo Lopez is also really, really good. So they have a really solid two-headed monster. Although Trevor Rogers, who was awesome last season, has been he's been pretty bad this season, um, more bad than I thought. But the Marlins kind of like the Pirates. They can't really hit. And the pitching's good, but they can't hit. So maybe the Pirates can squeak out a few low-scoring games here and, and take the series. That would be nice. Before heading off to Colorado. And after that, we will run into the All-Star break. Jake, is there anything anything else you'd like to touch on here before we, before we sign two off? two light
0: subjects. Well, one not so light, but... It is July twelfth, and according to that sports guy on Twitter, the Pirates love to create magic on this day. Uh, Nineteen ninety-seven, Mark Smith's walk-off home run to complete the Cordova Rincón no-hitter. You add nine year, or, I'm sorry, eleven years—to that. Remember Jason Michaels? He hit that two-run walk-off homer. That was nice. And I do remember that. Then seven years later, in twenty fifteen. Gregory Polanco caused Greg Brown to almost fall out of the radio booth by that walk-off single he had. And I think the second time in 24 hours, the pirates walked off against the Cardinals. That was, Oh, that was such a beautiful time.
1: Yeah. And this is, this is the time of the year for pirates magic. They love to storm, storm into the all-star break with, with some wins only to disappoint us directly after the all-star break. So Perhaps some of that magic will uh, carry on over these next six games. Six games in a row, pretty brutal scheduling for the Pirates there. They've played, what, they, geez, I'm looking at it. Their last off day was last Monday. So it's it's looking like they're going to be playing 15 games in a row, throwing a doubleheader there. But, uh, yeah, I I'd like to see some magic again tonight as well. I'd also like to point out that Albert Pujols does not belong in the Home Run Derby. (laughs) There's a hot take. Yeah, I agree. Uh, We'll see how he does. But if Albert Pujols can get in the Home Run Derby, let's see O'Neal Cruz in the Home Run Derby as well, because that would actually be fun. Yep, I'm right there with you. All righty, Jake, where can we follow you on Twitter here?
0: You can follow me at underscore Radio Jake.
1: Awesome. You can follow me as well on Twitter and pretty much everything else at Nathan underscore Hirsch. And of course, follow Bucks Dugout on Twitter at Bucks Dugout. We will be, we'll be here soon with another podcast, probably later on in the week. And uh, Jake, if, that, if that's everything, hopefully uh, you have a rest a good rest of your day, along with everyone you else.
0: Well, Nate. See you next time.
1: righty, Peace out.